Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So as Christians, you have taught us over the last couple of weeks as we've looked at Paul's letter to the Colossians that Christ lives in us. Now, you were telling us yesterday how you've lived in community for many years, Colin, and very often you've had very unloving and unlovely people come to live with you and how God has given you his love for them. Now, I suppose that begs the question, why does God come and live in us? Is it so that we, in turn, can be Jesus to these difficult people who don't know him? Well, let's put the question this way. How is God going to extend his kingdom here on earth? He tells us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that ever going to be affected unless it is affected through those in whom he has come to live? And the job of the church, of the body of Christ, is to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in the world. And that is why he has come to live within us. Sadly, the church has compromised that call very often, historically. And even today, we see churches getting involved in all kinds of ungodly things. Instead of realizing we are to be Christ to the world, Christ working in us, and through us as the body of Christ. He is the head. And we saw last week that uh, what Paul is saying to the Colossians is the head of the church actually lives within each member of the body. That the head is in the body, uh, is in each member of the body, uh, in the sense that uh, he lives within us in order to direct us, to lead us, to guide us into the way that he wants each one of us to go. Uh, You know, often people say to me, especially as I move around, I'm not sure what the will of God is for me. Would you pray for me? I, I know what they want me to do. They want me to give them a word that will tell them what God is saying. And I know that's not the way God wants to work in their lives. He wants them to develop the relationship with him whereby they're going to hear him for themselves because they have Christ living in them. So why aren't they able to hear his voice? Usually because they don't spend time listening. Or usually they just come to a prayer time and say, Lord, I've got this situation, this situation, this situation. Uh, just tell me what to do. And they sort of wait and nothing happens. Because you see, what we have to do is to build relationship and it's out of that relationship that God speaks. And um, it's very important, therefore, not, not just when we need direction about the course of our lives, but every day we're getting tuned in to the voice of God. We learn to discern his voice, the voice of his spirit, the voice of Christ within us. And, you know, some people say, well, it's very confusing because there's so many different voices within me. Well, let me tell you, if you develop a relationship with Jesus, it's not difficult to tell which is his voice and which is the other voices. 
the voice of Christ is very different from other voices. You I mean, get to for a, it. well, for a start, I mean, what he says is always in line with his word. I mean, sometimes people come to see me and say, you know, the Lord said to me this, 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 and this. And I thought, well, I don't know what spirit you were listening to, but it certainly wasn't the spirit of the Lord because God doesn't speak like that. What you have just told me, it bears no relation to what he says in his word at all. So, you know, Jesus is the word of God. So you have the one who is the word of God living in you. So he's not going to say, he's not going to believe anything that is contradictory to Scripture. You have church people today that believe things that are contradictory to Scripture and try to make that out to be the will of God. Well, no way can anything that is contradictory to Scripture ever be the will of God. But recognizing his voice is something that really does concern people, isn't it? Well, it does, you see, but that's why we are told to test everything. And, and um, if you're not sure yourself, then you need to go to somebody with spiritual wisdom and experience, someone who you trust to know the voice of God, to test out what you're hearing. And people in our own church here, and people, they, they, they come and do that. And I can be very honest with them. I say, yeah, well, that, that sounds right. And I can say, well, you know, I just don't have any witness of the Spirit that that's really right. And I will say that to them if that's the case, because if you love people, you don't want them to be deceived. You don't want them to go off into some other tack that isn't going to be fruitful and beneficial for their lives. I'm sure you're going to continue with this theme of uh, what it means to be in Christ Jesus, to have Christ Jesus living in us next week, Colin, but it's Friday afternoon and I guess you've given us a lot of food for thought this week. Now, are there some areas that we need to think about in order for our relationship to develop with Jesus and so that we can spend perhaps more time with him over the weekend? Are there some things that might get in the way? Oh, absolutely. Um, that that's going to that's going to be something that will preoccupy us in more time than we've got left today. Um, but you see, every one of us will be conscious of things in our lives that are not Christ-like. And the big question is, well, how can I develop a relationship with Jesus on the one hand, but allow unchrist thing, unchrist-like things to persist in my life at the same time? And the answer is, you can't. You're defeating yourself. As I said the other day, that is like the seed that falls among the thorns. The seed of the kingdom is growing up, but all the thorns, the weeds, all the negative things are also being allowed to grow, and those negative things choke the good seed so that it is unfruitful. So I began this week by saying that if we're going to build relationship with the one who lives in us, then we, we have to accept, of course, that he lives in us because he loves us. He has given us the fullness of life, Therefore, the only way in which you're going to develop a really good, meaningful, and powerful relationship with God is by responding to him in the way that he's given himself to you. Now, he's given himself wholeheartedly to you, therefore you give yourself wholeheartedly to him. Now, if you give yourself wholeheartedly to him, then it is fairly obvious that you are not going to allow things to persist in your life that are a contradiction of your love for him. Things like what? Well, uh, they could be bad habits. Uh, they could be 
things that we have allowed to persist in our lives for a long time, jealousy, anger, greed, lust. They could be things like pride and selfishness. Unforgiveness? Certainly unforgiveness, that would be a big one. Uh, all these things fight against. These are things of the flesh. And um, the scripture is very clear that the spirit and the flesh are utterly opposed to one another. So it doesn't make sense to, on the one hand, seek to build relationship with Jesus, and on the other hand, to be allowing these things of the flesh that fight against the will and the purpose of God in our lives. Now, this raises the question, okay, how do we deal with these things? And that's what I'm going to talk about next week so that uh, we can see um, that all these things can be overcome so they do not control our lives and so that the life of Christ who is in us can come forth and be expressed through us. These things form a kind of shell. So you have Christ within you, but the life can't get out because of this shell. And I, I was speaking about this the other evening, and uh, I actually had a bag of, of peanuts it's still in their shells, and, and a coconut. And I said to everybody now, are you a peanut or a coconut? <laughs> and I was uh, just sort of with my hands shelling these uh, peanuts and eating them. And I say, well, this has got a shell, and you've got to get the shell out of the way to get to the good thing that's inside. But it's quite easy to break this shell. And the great thing is, having broken it, you can never put it back together again. It is broken. And so we just need to know, uh, how does this shell that is, is keeping Christ in me hidden, you know, the good kernel of the nut, uh, how can this shell be broken? And then I took the, <laughs> the coconut, coconut and I banged the coconut on the pulpit a few times, you know. Uh, and I said, no, I can't break this in my hands. And... Um, uh, I said, this has got a really hard shell, really hard. Now, this is hard to crack. Um, I said, it's got a lot of good stuff inside it. What's the difference between the peanut and the coconut? The coconut has got a hard, hard heart, that person. Doesn't really want the purpose of God, wants to hold on to those things that Christ doesn't want in his or her life, won't really let go of those things, is not really prepared for change, for Christ to come forth in their life. But the peanut, that's much more like the clay in the potter's hand. The, the peanut is the one who says, Lord, just break me of this. I don't want this in my life anymore. And I'll show you next week how God will do that. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 